0: desire that the Lord will have his way in us, in our hearts and our minds to take away every aspect of our life and just yield to the Holy Spirit of God. Amen. Can I invite you to bow our heads and uh, let's just open our hearts and seek the presence of God in our midst. Our gracious Heavenly Father, we come before you today with humble hearts, with thanksgiving in our hearts, and we thank you, Lord, for being a father to all of us. Lord, we have earthly fathers here, including myself. And as the pastor said, it is a great privilege for us. In fact, I would say that this is one of the highest positions that you can ever give a man. To be a father, Lord. And we are poor representative of a, our heavenly father. But nevertheless, Lord, we thank you, Lord. But with every family that there's a father, Lord, you can work through to them and through them. And today, Lord, we just want to open our hearts to you, Lord. I don't know the intents of the hearts of my of uh, your sons and daughters here in this place, in this church. But Lord, you are the discerner of our thoughts, and Lord, you can meet every need as your promise in your word. I'm just a vessel, Lord, and I I just want to yield myself to you. I just want to surrender every thought, every every words that I have lord may you may you have your way in our midst today oh god our preeminence take full control of every spirit that is in here oh god and let your spirit have the the preeminence lord until we reach lord that 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 point lord where we can hear from you directly oh god may you bless your people as you have always blessed them in the many sundays many years that has passed and let this day be not a different day but just the same day that you have spoken to them for all those years and lord we just want to glorify you in our midst at the end of this service lord we want to bring back all the glory and the honor to your most precious name for we ask these things in the mighty name of our lord jesus christ amen and amen god bless you all you may not be seated for a while amen and uh, this is my second time to be here and i if i my memory serves me right i was here um, January of 2014 it was a midweek service it was a short stay i stayed i think overnight and i have to go somewhere else in another, another, some churches and by the grace of god after those years uh i i am now here back again and to see you and of course during the time where Harold uh, pastor Harold Hilderbrand was the pastor and uh and it was of course, we are sad that he is not here, but we are rejoicing that he is in the presence of the Lord. And it's my great uh, honor and privilege to be to to be in the just in the past few days with Pastor Ed here over here. And I I am thankful to the Lord for the hospitality he and his family uh, extended to us. Like you know, I always say when I go overseas, you may not have relatives in a, in the country that you're going to, but the brothers and sisters that you will meet is more than your relative because we are already in the mind of Christ before we got in the mind of God before the foundation of the world and this is just a preview of what we will do in the in the, in the days to come and so I'm so thankful to have um, uh, to be with this family and now to be in this congregation last uh, yesterday we had the privilege to be with the Philippine believers here who have extended their Canadian way of Philippine hospitality And uh, I'm 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 very thankful. Some of them we we met in the Philippines and some of them I met them here. But the point is wherever you are, whatever country you belong to, as long as we are in in part of the body of Christ, we can love one another and can share the good things of God. And so it is always a pleasure. And uh, I I would say uh, when you are outside of your own country and you see your countrymen, it, it feels like home, and especially if they are believers, and to be with them, and uh, we're looking forward to spend more time with them this afternoon. And uh, uh, we bring all the greetings and the love of our congregation in the Philippines. You may not know them, but they, 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 they wanted to send their greetings to you. And uh, if they can just all go here with me, but of course it's impossible. But uh, they, they want to, to, to. They wanted me to, to send their loves and their greetings. You know, this, this part of the world and that part, part of the world, we are all the same, uh, serving uh, the same God. And whatever God is doing in, in this country, I believe God is also doing in our country. Amen. So uh, with, with, um, I, I, I do not really preach very long. I, uh, even in our home church, I just, I just hit the mark, speak, then stop, and then we go home. All right? <laughs> And I think that is a happy thing to say in the pulpit because I love, I, I, I know people love the preaching of the word, but they love short preaching. <laughs> Amen. And that is an international thing, you know. Yeah. So I, I would not, uh, there's a pastor in South Africa. And the first time I preached there, it was 2013. And this was an elderly pastor. And this, I would say, is a gifted pastor. And, uh, he, was, he wanted me to preach, and that was the first time I preached to a very, very large, large crowd in, in, in uh, South Africa. And there are so many people. And when I, and I was in the study and I was seeing the people, I, said, I, I told the pastor, uh, I'm sorry, brother, I think I cannot preach because there are too many, and I feel nervous. And he said to me, there are two rules I have. First, do not try to impress me. And that sticked in my mind. I do not try to impress people. And then he said, preach the way you preach in your church. In other words, be natural. Yeah. So I may not have the gift of Brother Hildebrand or Brother Ed, but I, I have a, maybe a little gift that I'm hoping and praying that could give us a little bit of encouragement in this life's journey. Amen. So can I invite you to stand once again as I uh, open... Amen. Uh, part of the scriptures, will be, which will be our opening text. And uh, this is just a very uh, familiar verse, chapter 1 of uh, the book of Genesis, the beginning. The, we'll be reading the first three verses. Amen. Now, if you are in uh, there in that uh, chapter, let me read to you the uh, verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth and the earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep and the spirit of god moved upon the face of the waters and god said let there be light and there was light amen our subject for today i, take, uh, I took it from verse 2 when the, when the spirit of god moves amen just a quick prayer lord jesus christ we thank you for your word May the meditations of our hearts and the word of my lips, Lord, be beneficial to my brothers and sisters and may be acceptable to you. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Now be seated. Amen. Praise be to God. So again, I'm thankful to the Lord that I uh, traveled here with my wife, my two daughters. I have two more sons that are el- uh, older than them, but uh, they were n- they were not able to come. And of course, one of the elders of our church, Brother Friesen, and his wife, Sister Ruth, it's always a privilege to travel with uh, uh, your family and uh, some of the brothers and sisters from your church. So, so I, I give uh, the, all the thanksgiving to the Lord for allowing us to be here, and of course, the privilege that Brother uh, Ed has given me. Uh, not, not You know, as a pastor, I, you always want to discern the spirit of the ministers that are standing in your pulpit. It is, I believe it is the responsibility, the accountability of every pastor of every church to make sure that the person who stands in his pulpit will feed the people. I remember my friend, uh, Brother Ernie Villeneuve, I would say in the pulpit, there are three kinds of a pastor he will say that one is a feeder, one is a beater, and one is a bleeder. <laughs> Amen. Uh, I want to assure you that I am a feeder. <laughs> Amen. Praise <laughs> be to God. Now, so let me, let me, as a foundation, let me read the quote here in the, the message. There's a man here that can turn on the light. He says here, he was referring to the verses that we have read. In the beginning, God created the heavens and earth. It might be it might have been a hundred million or billion or whatever it was and how he'd done it, it's that's up to him. He know he it's up to him to know it's not to me. But the world, he said the earth was without form and void, and the water was upon the earth and God and said, moved upon the water and let there be light. Now I believe that the sun and so forth was already in existence. I believe the moon, as it goes on, Genesis 3, to explain it. But I believe that what was here, that the world, we was going to use it. And therefore, it moved in, the Spirit of God. So there was a fog and mist all over the earth, making it dark. And God said, let there be light. In another paragraph, he said, and I believe that God's, that's God's way of doing things. In the Bible, the next verse is the fourth verse, verse says, and he separated the light from the darkness. And the light he called day, the darkness he called night. And God's word always separates light for dark, from darkness. Right. It's the word that does the separating. He said. Right. It's the word that God separates. See, light from darkness. God ever does the same thing when he gets ready to use anything. Like he got ready to use this old star. And whatever it was. He said, this word, he had to separate the light from the darkness. So, we keep, keep on repeating these things. And he said, this word of command cleared the sky. So, the sun could shine in. And this word today is what cleared the word. This word of God is what clears back all the atmospheres of unbelief. So, when the word is preached without compromise. When the word is preached, the, the spirit of the God, the revelation of God moves upon the people... And this word becomes clear. And no matter what we have in our minds or what we have in our hearts, when you truly listen to the word of God, it does something in our life. Because this is God's power to transform, right? And now, he said, uh, in the message, Turn on the Light, he said, his seed was already in the earth because he had planted it there. Now he needed light to bring forth the seed to make that seed live. Because the seed was already there. Just like in, it is in each age, God has foretold us what would take place in each, a, in each age. The world, the only thing He needs is the manifestation of the light of God upon the Scriptures. Amen? And He said, you might plant wheat at one time, or grain on another time. Some come slower than another, than another because it depends on the season. So some believers may come in. Of course, when we came in, we were not yet believers. And some will grow fast, spiritually speaking. But some will, you know, very, very slow, but sure. Yeah. But some, just, they just they, they're just here. Yeah. Yeah. Then they go away. Yeah. An old pastor in the United States once so told people in the church will come and go. They will come and go. Even us pastors, we, we do not own you. You are the flocks of God. We are the under-shepherd, is the chief shepherd. And we just want to be uh, faithful in what we do to feed the flocks of God. But you know, there will be church politics. There will be differences among the brothers and the sisters. As you go along the way, from the day you start until today, until the day the rapture comes, there will be movements in the church. There will be transitions in the church. And it is reality. We cannot, we cannot stop it. We cannot prevent it. We cannot, we cannot do something about it. But we just want to yield to the move of God. And don't plant any complex against anybody. Don't try to judge anybody why he did this, why she did that. See? Because we are not in the business of judging. We will be judges in the future. Not today. Right? Not now. But we will reign as kings and uh, as one of the kings... Right? As one of the Lords, and we will judge people, we are training for reigning. Right? But this is not the time to judge. We don't have any business to judge anybody because time changes. There is a season. In Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1, it says, To everything, there is a season and a time to every purpose under heaven. In other words, God does not do things randomly, there's always something behind people will do will act randomly sometimes you wake up at the wrong side of the bed and you just you're just grumpy the whole the whole day there's no reason there's no purpose for it maybe the the you can blame the pillow the bed the weather but we are human beings we make mistakes and we act randomly but god he never wakes up in the wrong side of the bed you know why because he never sleeps how can you wake up on the wrong side of the bed when, when, he, when he does not even sleep? Right? And so God, every move that he has, every move that he has, it has it is, it is a purpose behind it. Amen? It has a reason. It is always for our own good. Sometimes we may not understand uh, the things that is happening in our lives. In fact, uh, God is not obligated to explain to us. And sometimes we will, we will never understand. I have I'm, fifth, I'm turning, um, uh, I forgot my age. Uh, <laughs> I'm turning 58. Brother Ed knows better than me. So I'm turning 58 this year and I have, I have experiences in my life that till this day, I cannot understand why. Yeah. See? And God's not obligated to explain it to me. I think I will understand it when we reach eternity. Yeah, see? So I, I will not try to, to, to figure it out. I just yield myself. That's why the prophet always says, "Only believe." Amen. Now, in another message, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. He says, "When God gets ready now, to do anything, the people is all tore up. The reason why they were tore up in their journey is because there were, there's a mixed multitude. It's testing time, right? And I want you to notice this, Brother, uh, the prophet said that every time that God makes a move, there's usually a mixed multitude. It attracts the attention of everybody or of all, and it creates mixed multitudes. And in those mixed multitudes, some are true believers, some are make-believers, some are unbelievers. In the church, in the church there are true bride of Christ, there are members, just members of the church. And there are some just visiting the church, right? But you can be 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, part of the church, part of the church. And you may be part of a ministry. And we have seen that uh, just in the last few years, people are leaving the message, have been in the message for so many, 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 many years. And they, maybe they have a testimony that they've seen the prophet. Or maybe they have, their parents they have seen the prophet. They know the story by heart. Yeah. We in the Philippines, we only hear it is a second-hand story. Yeah. But if you can believe from your heart, yeah. that makes the difference. Yeah. That makes a difference, right? Yeah. See, so that's why even in our church, I tell my children, my own children, they grew up in the message we have we have children that grew up in in a message church but unless they're born again they're just members of the church. And that is again that's an international law. Yeah, you can go to Africa, you can go to Europe, you can go to Southeast Asia, you can go I, I've been in Pakistan and people were growing up in the message they received except they, the the first a missionary that went there was 1973. It was a Muslim country. But they accepted Christ. They became message believers. And you know, they're growing up in the church. growing up, And the sisters there, they, they I mean, you, cannot, they, you can only see their eyes. Because that's their, the way they dress, right? And beneath that cover in the eyes, they have makeups, earrings, and all those things. Uh, I said, if all message believers will, that, will have that kind of national costume, it will be A jubilee for the sisters because they can wear makeup, they can, and nobody knows because they're covered. And you have to teach them about holiness. But they have been long in the message not only years, but decades of being in the message. So somebody has to go there. Somebody has to go there. It's not easy to preach in Pakistan, like in Canada, but you have to go there and you have to explain to them. See? How to live a life in the light of the message. It's not just an intellectual thing. Because if you, you know, if you are an intellectual person, you can read the message, understand it, but to apply it in your life, it takes the Holy Spirit. It takes the Holy Spirit, right? So when the Spirit of God, God moves, there is, number one, there's separation you're separated from all unbelief you're all, you're separated from the things of the world and you want to live a life that's worthy of the gospel right of course it's not overnight it's 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 something that it is it's a lifetime process you can born you can be born again you can experience new birth right but the process will take a lifetime right amen and when the spirit of god moves there's separation and then when the spirit of god moves there is manifestation See, what is manifested? The thoughts of God. That is in the back mind of God since before the foundation of the Word, it was there. Right? And we cannot even fathom the depths of the thoughts of God. Right? So, the prophet said, when he was preaching about the Exodus of the Hebrew children, he said, when the prophetic wheels start to turn, nobody can stop the program of God. See, that is a nation. No Pharaoh can stop them. No Egyptian can stop them. No Red Sea can stop them. No murmurings can stop them. Yeah? You know, when a bunch of so-called believers will go out, will come out, and they, there's this spirit of murmuring, always looking, finding fault, finding fault from a co-member in the church or the ministry or the, whatever they can find these are the people I used to call, they're born to criticize. Yeah. It, it is their, their favorite pastime to look for something to criticize and that their, their days will not, be, will not be complete without criticizing somebody. And so if, during the pandemic, I was wondering, who will they criticize? Because everybody's at home. So they start criticizing themselves. Right, so it is a bad habit, you know, so when the spirit of God moves, he does things in his own time god is the prophet said, "God is never in a hurry. We are the ones that we want this one, this one we are living in a in a time and a day of uh, instant gratification. Uh, everything's automatic see uh even in in the philippines in 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 the in the other side of the globe, I would say, where technology has come, there's a, a big Western influence. So we have all these things automatic. And you would think that, that people, will have to, people can accomplish more because of this technology and everything, but the sad part of it, no. See? There was a time when we accepted the message, the first time I, I, I understand, when we get one spoken word, just one spoken word, then... Uh, we will have to bring it to the photocopy machine, photocopy it so we can distribute it. There's not much of a message book. And the, the, the first message book that we have was coming from the voice of God, the old ones. And of course, there was that blue book, three messages in one, in one book that, that came from here. See, so I was not even here, but I, I knew that it was coming here. And those are the first book in the first message books in the Philippines. Now you have a cell phone, you have an Android, iPhone, everything, laptop, and all those things, right? Yeah. And all the 1,000 more than 1,100 messages are available in the cloud everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. But sometimes you ask the new generation of believers, sure. and they have no time yeah. to read. In our, of course, it's not always, I don't want to say in our times because time is always moving. But sometimes we, when we have less, we give more value to these things. But sometimes because of abundance, we fail to, to appreciate the works of those who put this in technology. Put this in the cell phones, in the apps and everything. And I don't know what, where technology will bring us. See, maybe when you wake up, you'll just hear the the voice. I, we don't know what where, where, where technology when when this increases. But the point is, is, if we don't have the desire to know more about the message, to make it, to flesh it out, then it will all be useless, right? So we need to we need to we know that God does things in His times. And I was reading. Uh, the message trying, uh, trying to do God's service outside of His will. And sometimes when you get to become a, a, a message believer and you years pass by and you want to do something for God, and Brother Branham reminds us there are five musts. He said said it must be in His time, it must be in His season, it must be according to His word, not to your opinion, it must be the person. He choose it to do it it from. Right? You cannot. I I like what the prophet said uh, in one of the, the, I think the title of the message was preparation. He preached it in November 11, 1953. In the introduction paragraph he said, preachers are born. It's either you're a preacher or you are not. Mm -hmm. You don't have to figure, am I a preacher? Am I called of God? You will know that you're a preacher. Because people will will respond to you. There's such an anointing that when you speak, you get the attention of the people. You don't have to clown around. You, are, you don't have to, to, to think of how to get that. You know, when you, when you speak, when you talk about public speaking, they will teach you. To, they will teach you how to, to, to present. They will teach you how to, to give good introduction, how to catch the people. But you know, if you are a true peer, preacher, you don't need that what you need is the anointing of the Holy Spirit Amen. because the anointing of the Holy Spirit that is in me with the pastor and with you is one Holy Spirit. Amen. And so when it meets, all we can say is Amen. Amen. That's all we can do. That, uh, so, so it must be in that person. He said it must come to his prophets. Of course, that oh, that is Amos 3, 7. So when the Spirit of God, God moves, there is a creation that comes along. He makes things out of no, it makes something out of nothing. Right. Actually, that is what we call the third pool, right? We have the first pool, we have the second pool, we have the third pool. You speak words into existence. And sometimes we wonder, why is it not yet happening? Because maybe something is wrong with our hearts. Because out of the abundance of our hearts, our mouth speaks. So if there's something wrong in your heart, you this third pool will not manifest in you. We have to make things right first, right? Amen so so this this uh, uh, this what, what i was saying this uh, making something out of nothing and the prophet said it is not a public show the third pool is not a, he, he was not even to uh, allowed to explain the third pool even he was trying to uh, uh, explain the third pool he, the, the, he said I, i'm being I, I felt corrected by the angel because it is something that is not for public show it is not it cannot be impersonated and i believe that is between you and god i cannot even teach you third pool because god will deal with you in your own little room you will hear from god and you will say things that only god knows right and i believe that is uh, happening very very soon amen as before we there's a changing of the body this will be manifested not to show that we are we are we are we are, are increasing our in, in our faith, but it is God working in us and through us, right? So, one more thing about when the Spirit of God moves, it exposes. Now, this is a little bit of a touch thing. It exposes the sins of our life. You know, you can you can hide from, even from your as a husband, I can hide sins from my wife, from my children, from my congregation. But I cannot hide from God. Right. See? He, there's an eye watching all of us. Yes. There's a, Brother Branham has, has a very short message, God's eye. Yes. And he, he told her how he's watching everybody. Every move. There's no secret. No secret. Even what you're thinking right now. Right. right? God knows it. And sometimes when the preacher speaks, it's not the preacher, but God speaking to your heart. Right. I had an experience, Brother Ed, that uh, I was preaching. I I do not know, I did not know everybody in that congregation. And after I preached, there's a brother who went to me. And he was asking for, he was say, saying sorry. And I said, I don't know you. You don't know me. And we, we have, I, I don't think we have met before. So why are you saying sorry? Because he said, while you were preaching and you said something like this. And I was something against you, against me. And I didn't even know what's that. And I was not interested to know it. But he said, Why did you feel that conviction? He said, It was when the word was being preached. The Lord was moving in my heart. That's why when I went out, he was asking for an apology. And of course, I said, Yeah, of course, who am I not to forgive you? See? But. Uh, it's not about myself, it's about the Spirit of God moving, Amen. and we feel we can just sit down is so submitted to the move of the Holy Spirit he can change something in our hearts now let me let me read to you here a, a portion of the the message how the angel came this was long before in 1953 he said uh, he was talking about this woman that um, was telling Brother Branham that uh, I think he was she was sick and uh, Brother Branham said, I cannot pray for you because you are holding an unconfessed sin. He, he, she did something. She, she was unfaithful to her, her husband. And um, the husband, he, Brother Branham's advice was, you have to admit, tell that to ask for forgiveness from her. No, I cannot do that. I cannot do that. She will, he will leave me if he does that. And Brother Branham said, I cannot do anything for you. That's the first thing you have to do. You have to confess your sins. Oh, I have done confess my sins to the Lord. But you, you sinned against your husband. So it's not an easy thing to do. And then a vision flashed. And Brother Branham said, is your bro- bro- husband working in a Chevrolet company or something like that? And, you know, he, 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 he see a black-haired man and said, he's also doing the same thing that you're doing. <laughs> so God was exposing the sins yeah. of the couple against each other. And to cut the story short, they reconciled and everything, right? And said, he said, Satan lost his hold then. Once the sin, hidden in the smallest compartments of our hearts, is exposed. You don't have to do anything yet, just expose it. Satan will lose his hold on you, right? And there well, he said, but as long... As that sin was under there, no matter how loud you scream, how hard you stomp, how much oil you pour on, how loud your prayer is, you know, people can pray so loud, so long. Like, I was always telling the brothers in our church, when you are asked to pray for the meal, please pray for the meals. Not for the world. (laughs) Not for salvation. See? Because... my instructions for specific, pray for the meals, right? And then, well, of course, we make those mistakes. But what we're saying, is how loud your prayer, how long your prayer, how easy your prayer, whatever you do, the devil will stay right there. Amen. He will stay right there. Now listen to this, because he has a legal right, as long as you got unconfessed sin. So having an unconfessed sin is a terrible thing for us to handle. Because we can pray, we can be prayed upon, nothing will happen. And Satan will be, and his demon spirits will just be there, just laughing at you. That's why in a, in a, in a service like this, sins should be exposed. Sometimes, maybe the preacher is talking to me, but the preacher doesn't know you. Don't take it personally, but take it in heart. It is the Lord that is talking to you. How can this man from the Philippines, so many miles away, will speak the sin that I'm trying to hide from our pastor head? Because it's not me. It is God. It is God wanting to talk to you. That is why I always want to, to invite ministers, anointed ministers of God, because sometimes I, uh, if I speak something that I know of the congregation, they will say, oh, the pastor is bringing my case in the pulpit, (laughs) right? But if it's a visitor, it's somebody that doesn't know anything about your life, then you would say, that is God speaking to you. But let me put you on a higher level. When the pastor, when our local pastor here talks about the unconfessed sins that you may have, we should be thankful. Why? Because the nearest place between heaven and earth is the pulpit. Amen. And the pastor is the angel behind the pulpit Amen. to talk to you yes. in a spiritual way. Amen. Don't ever think that pastors will use man. This I'm, I'm talking about God called pastors that they will use the pulpit to hurt the people. Because that will be the last thing that any good pastor of God will think about. Yes. They want to love the people. And there's a younger pastor from the United States. We were, he was in the Philippines a few months ago and we were talking and he was, he was telling me the pastor is always sometimes the most broken person in the congregation. And he said, why? Well, because the pastor will love the people. They will care for the people. But when there's a certain mistake, maybe the pastor the wife or the children they make I'm not referring to your congregation, but some congregation will make a big issue out of it. And the prophet said, how can the pastor do something for you? If you do not respect your pastor, love your pastor, you hurt him. right? So it is, it is a very delicate relationship. While the pastor is called to love and care for the people, he's also called to correct the people to discipline the people to tell them what is right and what is wrong and that is the most difficult i would say job description of a pastor it is good to pray for baby dedication birthday funeral go to the hospital right that is the easiest part of the pastor's responsibility but when you have to rebuke to give instructions To be a little bit hard, then suddenly the relationship is affected. Last Sunday, for example, I will in our if if I will preach in our church and you preach a very good sermon, encouraging sermon. Everybody wants to shake your hands. (laughs) Thank you, Pastor, for your message. We were blessed beyond measure. But the next Sunday you preach a, a little hard, then you are still in the pulpit. They're already going out. <laughs> but that's life. You cannot you cannot please everybody. I remember Brother Biscal says the best way to insanity is to try to please everybody. So long before uh, when I still I was still young, I, I removed that from my vocabulary. I will not please everybody. I want to please. I want to please the Lord. Amen. Let Him do the talking. Amen? Amen. So He said in another message, "Show us the Father." He said, "If there is any unconfessed sin in your life, remember I'm laying it right back in your lap. If you got sin, you that you have not confessed, just be it aware that you'll be worse than ever if you come here to be prayed for without unconfessed sin. And He said He doesn't want to. That's why in a prayer line He would. He would, he would diagnose first the person. He looks back. I mean, uh, the sickness is nervous tension. He could just pray and cast out the demon spirit. And then he said, a vision will cast. You were a seven-year-old boy. There's a dog running after you. You got all up. And this nervous tension never left you until that day. And he was already an adult. What was that? It was God moving, exposing the root cause. Because you cannot find a cure be- without knowing the cause. That's right. right? And so, this was happening many times in the prayer line. So, Brother Bran was not just doing prolonging the service. What was he was doing, he was trying to diagnose every case. Because only in the exposure of this evil spirit can a person be free and be free indeed. Yeah. Right? And so, we, we know that as, as the Spirit of God moves in our life, it changes everything. Now, I would like to bring you to Luke chapter 19. I will be reading the 10 verses. Brother Branham uh, is preached about uh, Zacchaeus three times, right? Zacchaeus, he was to pass this way, and Zacchaeus, the businessman. But the thought is all the same. So let me read to you uh, the chapter of uh, Luke chapter 19, where this story is. And... It says here, and Jesus entered, verse 1, and passed through Jericho. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, which was the chief among the publicans, and he was rich. And he sought to see Jesus, who he was, and he could not for the press, because he was little of stature. And he ran before and climbed into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said unto him, Zacchaeus make haste and come down for today I must abide in thy house at thy house and he made haste and came down and received him joyfully and when they saw it they all murmured saying that he was gone to be that he was gone to be the guest with the man that is a sinner referring to Jesus Christ and Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord behold Lord the half of my goods I give to the poor and I have, and if I have taken anything from any man, by false accusation, I restore him for a full. And Jesus said unto him, This day is salvation come to this house. For as much as he also is a son of God, for the son of man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. So here is Zacchaeus, not just a publican, but a chief of a publican. And why as is a publican uh, have a negative connotation because they are tax collectors, and sometimes these tax collectors they they, they they get more taxes than it's supposed that the people are supposed to give. In other words, in other words, they cheat the people. These are the publicans. So if you are the chief of the publicans, you are the chief of these people who are cheating the people. See? But he was a rich man, and he, Brother Branham even. Uh, uh, when he was describing the case, he said he was a, he's a good man, a businessman, and uh, an, an, an honest man. And so, this is a simple story, but Brother Branham, in, in, in his preaching, he, he made a little bit of a drama to, to emphasize what he wa- wanted to say. And he even gave uh, the name for... His wife, that was not indicated in the Bible, just to to let the people understand. He said the name was Rebecca, and she had been a believer of the Lord Jesus Christ. She had been praying for her husband, the businessman of the city, to become a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. And you know, he said, conviction can make you very restless. So while the wife, a praying wife, is, is, is praying for an unbeliever husband to be a follower of Jesus Christ, what the Lord is doing when the Spirit of God moves to the people that are being prayed for, they become restless. Yeah. They cannot understand. They do not know why something is bothering them. Yeah. See? And for you that became, for the sisters that became a believer first than your husband, I know you can relate to this. Because you're praying for your husband or maybe you are, we are praying for our children and they become restless. So we should not stop praying for them. Amen. As I was telling uh, a mother in our church and he has, he has a son that was uh, going out in the world, and I said, no one, not even the pastor, can pray for your son the way you will pray for your son. Amen. Because that is a genuine, sincere concern Amen. of a mother or a father to a children." Today's Father's Day, if we want to be the greatest father in our church, in our family, you know, during Father's Day, because of commercialism, all the cards to the greatest father, to the best father, if we are all great fathers, and if we are all best fathers, then who is the best among the best, right? So it's a lie, see? The, the father is only best in his own house, Right? I cannot be the best father in this church because it's only my children who will say I'm the best father. Right? And so, uh, and you fathers, your children, respective children will say you're the greatest father, you're the best father. That's that should that's, that's always uh, should be the case. Now, so now as fathers we pray for our children. The, the the prophet said when Noah, he was he was referring to father, he was preaching about fathers, when you see a leak In the ark, he will patch it. See? And then he turned to the fathers and he said, You fathers, if there's a leak, spiritual leak in your house, it is our responsibility, fathers, to patch that leak on the house. Otherwise, all the demonic spirits will come in. All the demonic spirits will will feast in your house. I remember a pastor, a missionary who went to the Philippines before, he was, he's older than me, he, he, we were talking about television. Now, you know how the prophet said that television, he should, he will uh, use his shotgun and blow the television out of his house, and he said, and we were new in the message, and I said, how do you remove your television from your house? He said, I remove everything. They were growing up in church. And sometimes when you go to missions around the States, they will check in in a hotel, spend overnight there. And of course, in the the hotels, there are televisions. They have no televisions in their house. He was protecting his children. From watching television, because that was the prophet said. But when in the hotels, they open the televisions and these are little children son of a missionary going to different parts of the world to share the message yeah. and ask the father because there are kids they will open the television and they grew up in that way so there's no television in the house but when they go to hotel rooms they watch it's the same demonic spirit travelling to the medium of the fourth dimension getting into the minds and the hearts of the people and he said, I regretted the times that I let them watch the television because when they were growing up, they will sneak out just to watch because the desire was not taken away. In fact, it was watered, that desire. Because of your children, you're, you're, you're very curious about everything. So it is, it is sometimes we make those mistakes and of course, As as the children grew up, they they tried to to, to fix those things, explain it more in a more vivid way. And yeah, I mean, it, it ended well. But what he was telling us, don't ever let the devil enter even a small hole in your house. Make sure that you are on guard on these things, right? So we see here that when the Spirit of God moves, that it makes you pray that you never prayed before. The Spirit of God was already moving in the household of Zacchaeus. Right? And it made this wife to pray the way he never, she never prayed before. Right was it the wife? Was it because it was a, a religious wife? No. Because it was the Spirit of God moving. Amen. Right? And you cannot stop it. And then when the Spirit of God moves, the person being prayed for becomes restless. Right. Was it because... It came a time in Zacchaeus' life that he wanted to look for the Lord? No. Because somebody was praying for him. And it's all about the move of God. So it, when, 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 when the time came that Jesus was coming, he went out, dressed up a little bit, went up the sycamore tree. He would, do, he would not do that on a normal day in his life. The prophet said, It was a special day when he heard that Jesus Christ was coming. What what does it mean? When the Spirit of God moves, it makes you do the things that you have not done before in your life. Sometimes the, the preacher will call for an altar, invite for an altar call, and you don't want to go to the altar call. But when the Spirit of God moves, it is somebody like pushing you, pushing you, nudging you, pushing you. Again, it is your choice whether you will go or not. But don't ever think that it is just like an, an emotional workup. No. It is God telling you. Amen. And don't ever lose that opportunity. There's Because there's so many missed opportunities in the lives of the people. Like the rich young ruler, which we will not go into. But he missed that opportunity. Right? So we want, we want to be sensitive by the spirit that's governing us. Now, let me read another uh, 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 part of this. The messenger, the message's testimony in 1963 said, but God has put us, each one, in the body to do certain things. So you have something to do. I watch every little move, every objective, every, every motive, because everything is governed by a spirit. Whatever we do, we are governed by spirit. It's either the evil spirit, the human spirit, or the Holy Spirit. Sometimes you think you're led by the Lord, but it's all human spirit. How do you discern? By the motives and objectives of the person doing it. I can preach. But if I am anointed by a human spirit and I would say, uh, my motive and objective is to be made known, it will not transform lives. Because it's a selfish motive right but it is coming from the holy spirit it's not about me it's not about you it was it is what about god will do in our life yes. right he said there's a spirit behind this church certainly spirit behind your home behind every building behind, behind everything there is a spirit a motive and objective the church comes here to greatly exalt some human system or something then its motives is not right but if it's pure, it's put here to try to achieve something, not for yourself, but for the kingdom of God. Amen. I was talking with Pastor Ed, and we were talking about Mission Works, and he has a lot, maybe more missionary missions uh, experience, experience than I have. And, you know, sometimes we realize that in the mission field, some people, not referring to anybody, but some people will go out on a mission trip in the mission field, trying not to achieve something for the kingdom of God, but to build their own kingdom. That's right. yeah. It is a reality. Yeah. See? And you have to discern it. Right. You have people like us, or missionaries come in, you have to discern it. Right. Because if not, then you will think that everybody is the same. It's not the same. That's right. right? That's why we need to check every spirit the Bible says. So we are trying being the body, spirit, and soul. This body, evil spirits will always work on this body. Right? There's no way that we can escape even where we experience the new birth, but the, the prophet said, as long as we are in this life, as long as we are in this life, you are going to be sticky and have a carnal nature. Now, that's not a license for us to sin. That means to say that we have to be very careful to be on guard. See? See? Not, not, not to expose ourselves in every appearance of evil spirits. The things we see, the things we smell, the things we hear, we should guard our flesh, right? We should not hold, if I am a brother, I should not hold the hands of a sister more than, I call it a two-second 2 second, two-seconds rule. <laughs> One second is good. Two is in two seconds is enough. Three is too much. Because something happens. Because we are in sticky, carnal nature. We don't look eye to, I can look eye to eye to a brother, and it will not have a malicious connotation. But if I look to a sister eye to eye for, for, for a longer period of time, it connotes something. And that's where the evil spirit comes in. And if you are uh, not careful, a simple, innocent look can lead to something else. See? That's why we should be very careful. Right. Now, the spirit, the, the, the prophet said, the mind is the womb of the spirit. And the human spirit is ordained of God. It's not a bad thing to have a human spirit... That is where your reasoning, memory, imagination, so forth and so on is is residing. And and mind, the mind is the womb, the spirit. But depending on what we feed on our mind, that is what will manifest in our actions. See? So we have to again be very careful on what we feed on the things we read, the things we see. Because it may not be in our conscious, but it's still in our subconscious. Sometimes we say things that is not. We do not, we not think of it, but it's always there laying in our subconscious. Yeah. Right. And how do you know that you have these things in your subconscious? Sometimes you dream about it. When you are falling asleep, the prophet said, subconscious goes forward. Yeah. And you will, th- you will dream of things that happened years ago. The devil is tapping to your memory. The, 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 the worldly things that you were doing, then it taps to your imagination. Then it goes to your reasoning. So again, what we need to do is to rule over our own spirit. Proverbs 25 says, He that has no rule over spirit is like a city that is broken down. We need to protect our spirit. And then we go to the soul, which is the control tower, the prophet said. It's where the Holy Spirit resides. So it's either we have the Holy Spirit or we don't have the Holy Spirit. Right? You cannot fake people. You can act like a Christi- uh, like a Christian, talk like a Christian, walk like a Christian. Yeah. See, but when trials come, proving time comes, you will show out your true colors. That's why there's a squeezing time that's coming. We need to be squeezed. True colors comes when when, when you are squeezed. See, and the, and the thing. Uh, uh, I want to, to focus here is uh, as, I, uh, as I'll be closing in a little while. He said that the, when the Spirit of God moves, there's always a continuity. The work of God or the program of God in our life individually is not based on a church. It's not based on, on an individual. It's not based on our pastor. It's not based on your husband or your wife. It is based, the, God's program is based on his thoughts for us right? When a person dies, you do not stop going to church. When, when your wife or your husband leaves you, you do not stop going to church. I do not anchor my, my faith. Amen. I do not anchor my faith with my wife or with my children or, or with my co-ministers co- because this is, this is an individual run. It is not something that, that we are doing it as a team, right? Right? You know, if you, if you go to a, to a track oval, right? I used to play 400 meter relay. And we have lines. That, for example, there are six runners. You, the coach will tell us, just mind your lane. Do not look at the lane of others. Because if you keep on looking at the lane of others, you will never reach the finish line. We have individual spiritual lanes in our Christian run. Right? I want to focus on, on on what God put before me. I would not even compare myself with how this preacher preach, how this minister goes or does a ministry. It has nothing to do with what God has called me. It has nothing to do with God, what God has called you. Some are called to be preachers, some are called to be song leaders, some are called to sit down, some are called to stand up, some are never called. See? But the point is, we have an individual walk with God. At the end of our road, God will ask us what we did in our walk. See? So, we want to realize that God, in God, there is continuity. He never changes his program. He never changes his ways. Scripture runs in perfect continuity. And Satan's mission, his job. It's to destroy the minds of the people to pervert your thinking, to, to, to move you further and further away from the Lord as entice you, right? But we need to overcome these evil spirits. The, the, the prophet said in the message, how can I overcome? He said, we should recognize the devil in every one of his tricks. You should recognize him that he is the devil. He's real, he's true, right? But he is against you and you go on a little bit further, then you have to realize that the that God that is in you is far much stronger and mightier than he is. Amen. Then you can overcome. Right. You do not succumb with the, with the tactics of the devil. That's why I love the message, the contest. Because he was he was like saying, this is how you, you, you fight the devil. You study strategies. Then he types it for because, you know, that brother Branham in his younger years was a boxer, right? He would say he had to study the move of these boxers. And when I was young, I was an amateur boxer. And my coach would tell me, I'm a left hand, southpaw. All boxers are afraid of southpaw. I don't know why. But he said, when you, you when you, when you, dance around, you just stick the jab, stick the jab, stick the jab. And then we got an opening, bam! That's your knockout punch. Then when you hit him, then you follow him with an uppercut, an uppercut, cross, and boom! Game over. Right? Game over. And during spiritual battle, you do the same. You study the strategy. Do a little move here, do a little move here, but you always have the knockout punch. What is that? The word. Nothing can defeat the devil but the word of God. Right, and so we, we 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 put this in the in our spiritual battle, but actually it's not our battle; it's the Lord's battle. So as we continue, as we continue in this program, as we as we pass through it, we realize that it is God working on us. It's not the man. It's not a, a, a group of people, right? I will will close on these scriptures and I will turn it over to Brother Ed. Let's open our Bible to 2 Kings chapter 2. This is a familiar verse. This was preached by the prophet when he preached 2nd hundred robe. This was actually the turnover of Elisha to Elijah. Right? If there's such a thing in those days. But we know that there are five comings of Elijah. Right? According to the message. So the first Elijah was Elijah himself. And now this is the time that Elijah was to move up, that God will take him. In verse 8 of chapter 2, 2 Kings, he says here, And Elijah took his mantle and wrapped it together, and he smote the waters, and they were divided hither and thither, so that they too went over on dry ground. And it came to pass, when they were gone over, that Elisha said unto Elisha, Ask what I shall do for thee before I be taken away from thee. And Elisha said, I pray thee, let a double portion of thy spirit be upon thee. And he said, Thou hast asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, I like this word nevertheless. Because when when the Bible says nevertheless, it means nothing is impossible. It might sound impossible, but nevertheless, with God, all things are possible. If thou see me, when I am taken from thee, it shall be unto thee. But if not, it shall not be so. And when Brother Branham was expounding this scripture, the last verse that we read, he was telling, you have to be, there should be singleness of eye, Which means you have to be focused on what you are asking from God. There should be faith enough to believe that you will receive it, but you have to stay focused. In our daily walk with God, we should be focused. Not on the church activities, not on the ministry, but we should turn our eyes upon Jesus. See? Because if you will look on the environment, you will be affected by church politics. You will be affected by the opinion of somebody else. You will be affected by by what is happening in your environment. But if you fix your eyes on God and God alone, Yes. See? It doesn't mean to say that we will not respect the pastor or the ministry. We will not look at the brothers and sisters. It all goes. But the top priority is I'm looking at God. If people make mistakes, I will not judge them because I'm looking at God. One day they will be corrected. Right? And so, that is what the prophet said. And in verse 14, after Elijah was taken, he said, And he took the mantle of Elijah... That fell from him, and he smote the waters and said, "Where is the Lord God of Elijah?" Now you have to understand that Elisha—it's like he was the number two man of Elijah. Wherever Elijah goes, Elisha comes after. What Elisha says, he resounds. What Elisha says, he was so loyal to Elijah that in the first part of chapter two, Second Kings, Elijah would tell him, "Go, go home, go home." No, as the Lord lives, yeah. I will follow you. That is the character of Elijah. Right. If Elijah would wear eyeglasses, he would wear eyeglasses. If he will wear a checkered shirt, he will wear a checkered shirt. It's almost like idolizing Elijah. But when he got the anointing from the Lord, the same anointing of Elijah, he was not looking for Elijah no more. He was looking for the God of Elijah. The prophet has left the scene. We are still here. The message lives on. I didn't have the privilege to see the prophet uh, alive because I'm a little bit... By the time he died, that was the year that I was born. And we are far in the far east. But I'm not looking at Elijah, the prophet. I'm looking at the God of Elijah. And times will come. Like in our church, I'm the third pastor of our church. We were once on outreach, he ordained the brother, it was turned over to me. For the last 18 years, I've been pastoring the church. And maybe, just maybe, if the Lord will tarry, I will just turn it over again to another. So the ministry is continuing, the spirit of the Lord is continuing, right? But it's not about the personality of the pastor, We will transition to a new leadership as Moses to to Joshua was, as Elijah to Elisha was. See, as Jesus Christ to his disciples, we will be turned over, but the same spirit will always be there. Operating on a different kind of a gift. And all we have to do is to embrace it. Accept it because it comes from the Lord. But if you fail to do that, We will always be looking behind. Oh, these are the former days. We miss the former days. But Ecclesiastes chapter 7 says, Do not say that the former days are better. Because if you are doing that, you are not right. Because a Christian, there we have a song, Onward Christian Soldiers. But we don't have a song that sings Backward Christian Soldiers. We always move forward. We do not forget the things that are behind, but we cannot live in the glare of the past. We cannot live in the failures of the past. There's always a new beginning, a new day, a new ministry. Even the prophet preached about my new ministry. He cannot just go back and go back to where he was. In 1963, when the, open, the seals were opened, it was a different kind of ministry. Many left him, right? But He continued. You see, the road, in closing, I would say this, the road to heaven is a narrow path. That's why not everybody that is with us right now, now I'm talking this in a general sense, okay, not in the church, not everybody will go to that narrow path. Some will fall, some will stay, some will move back. Just be thankful that you're one among those who will go to that narrow path. God bless you all. And I give you... uh, uh, In In Genesis, the Spirit of God moved. It didn't stop there. It kept moving, and it's still moving. It moved in this generation. It didn't stop there. It's still moving today. Let's stand together. Let's just sing. As your brother was closing, I just thought of this. Elijah asked for a double portion, and it was granted him. I believe that we can be granted a double portion, not of just Elijah and his mannerisms, but the spirit that was on Elijah. And we want the Spirit of God that was on him. He's here. He's here. Elijah's God is with us. He's here. Here, Here, Elijah's God is in us today. He's here to will and do whatever we say. Behold the bride of Christ in my my grave. Hes here Elijah God is here